Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Coffee. Today, I have a local uh, on the podcast, and we're still Zooming, but uh, I have today Dr. Amanda Barrientes, and she is the co-founder of NFA, aka the No Fucking Around Money, the host of the Max Potential Money podcast and YouTube channel, and the creator of NeuroFreedom Alignment Methods. Her strategies teach business owners how to overcome competing commitments that keep them unconsciously stuck so they can become financially free through building successful businesses. Dr. Barry Entes, welcome to the show. Hey there. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Lance. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so, I, one of the, we'll have to do the next one in person if we have you back on. Because uh, yes. in person is always better. For everybody who's listening, uh, Boulder and Longmont are about 20 miles away. Uh, so we could have, we could have done it. No big deal. Uh, but hey, let's kick things off, Dr. Amanda, by um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background? What got you into business consulting and entrepreneurship? You know, it was such a funny winding path, as I have seemed to notice with a lot of entrepreneurs, we kind of, we, we have an idea and we start down the path and then every step you take a new path appears and it starts to get clearer and clearer. So when I started in business, it was actually because I was having my own personal downfalls and it led me to seeking out podcasts. I was on food stamps. I didn't have a lot of money. And I was like, oh, wow, I got to change myself. And so I started listening to podcasts because they were free. And all the podcasts I kept talking about and learning from work from coaches. And I was like, huh, what's this coaching thing all about? I really didn't know a lot about the industry. And that led me into at the end of my PhD program to decide to take the leap into business instead of going into academia. And so I started thinking I was going to be a relationship coach. And that was because a lot of my downfalls were with money and relationships. And so I, I entered into a relationship coaching program that I just had phenomenal results, tons of I mean, just life altering lessons. And then that taught me to start building my wealth. And then I thought, okay, business is the way to go. And I started networking in the local community and at all the networking events, it was all entrepreneurs. And so as I was talking to the entrepreneurs, I started to realize like, oh, I kind of have a knack for this and just started helping them shift their mindset and their habits. And that has led down this winding path into doing business consulting for um, a lot of online businesses, a lot of solopreneurs. So I've, I worked with brick and mortar businesses for quite a while in the Boulder County area. And then I, now I've just branched out to online and uh, it's been, it's been quite a wild, fun journey. And so in my first year of business, I went from, I was on food stamps in 2016. And then my very first full-time year of business in 2019, I built a six figure business fast. And so people started to ask me what I was doing. And I realized that people have a lot of money blocks. And so I really started to focus on money, shame, guilt, fear, doubt, a lot of things that hold entrepreneurs back, even if they make a lot of money or come from money, or, you know, we all have different things what I call competing commitments going on that keep us stuck from getting where we want to go. And it's really hard to detect them yourself. You know, you have them because you're not getting where you want to go, but then you go like, well, what do I do with them? And so that's my job to help you uncover what those blocks are so you can get on track and create the business that you really want to create. 
Yeah. Well, congratulations on your on your most recent success. I know it's you know you you still probably got a long ways to go, but that's a that's a great sort of rags to riches story. I, and I I use that those two terms loosely. Uh, I was very much the same. Uh, single dad, two kids. Uh, start basically starving uh, when I when I first moved here um, after I got my divorce and I I was handling all that so I, I I hear you there's a lot of empathy on this side of the microphone as well um, more power to you you talked about you said a couple terms that really struck me as interesting one is money blocks and then some if could you share some examples of that like shame is another word you use with that yeah definitely you know I almost <clears throat> have not yet met a person who doesn't have some version of shame or have a money block. And what money blocks show up as is shame, guilt, fear, uncertainty, doubt, embarrassment, um, really these things that keep us from an abundant life because we have this poverty consciousness and you don't have to be poor to have poverty consciousness. It could be that you feel guilty about having too much money. It could be wealth shame. Like I've hung out with people who were made multi-millions of dollars and felt really guilty and shameful about their position in the world and how either they earned it or didn't earn it and thinking that they're not worthy of it. And so these money blocks happen to all of us in this unconscious way. And if we look at guilt, and shame and fear and doubt and uncertainty. They're very high, very low vibrational frequencies and they cause us to unconsciously block more money from coming our way. And so I teach people how to uncover those, those shame spots. It's funny to think about because, um, I, I always think of money as one of those things that people don't want to talk about at the dinner table. It's kind of like sex and money or our unspoken topics because, you know, either you, you have a lot of it and, and you don't want to talk about it and it's protected and hidden in a certain way, or you don't have a lot about it and you're uh, a lot of it and you're embarrassed about it, or you, you don't know how to talk to your kids about it. Or, I mean, it, I, I could just go on and on and on with examples in businesses it often, often shows up as avoidance. So a lot of business owners will avoid looking at their money. They'll avoid looking at their highest ROI activities. They'll avoid, um, they, they'll, they don't, think about how am I going to strategically set up my business in order to have it flow in a way that's easy, playful, fun, while also making money. And they often think one of the big ones for entrepreneurs is they think they got to work really, really hard to make money. And that's a message that we often get from society, from our parents, from religion. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of different places that teach us that. So there's some really common money blocks that show up. And as I break those down with people, it unlocks a whole different really a version of themselves. And then they get to play differently as they build their business. Yeah. That's a really interesting uh, concept. Um, and I, I got to imagine you've seen all different varieties and I'm, I'm sure you do. Like you said, you can go on and on and on. Tell us about your podcast and your YouTube channel and how those play into what you do. Yeah. Um, you know, the podcast part was such a, a blissful project for me because when I was on food stamps and I was like, I was saying, I reached out for podcasts. It was because I was really busy. So I needed to learn on the go. You know, it was like, I have three kids. So it would be like, I would be driving them to school and driving them to their, you know, extracurricular activities. And then I would be walking to my class in between classes or going to teach. And I could always be listening to podcasts. And so I always thought, oh, wow, someday I want a podcast. Like mm -hmm. that is just such a cool way to help the world and offer service for free. And, and it really changed my life. And so that was one of the gifts I really wanted to bring to the world. So I pretty early on, I decided I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. And habits for me at the time were a really powerful shift. I was 
I, I always like to help people think like, what is the core issue that we're, that we want to focus on? And so habits tend to be one of those things that we can change what we're doing. And, and your mindset's a habit, the way that you practice in your business is a habit, your relationships are a habit, your wealth development skills are a habit. Like these are all habits. And so I got really into habits. So I spent the first season was max potential habits. And now it's shifting to max potential money. And a lot of the same content is there. And because I was getting trained by certain coaches in the industry who always said, you know, you got to repurpose your content. I thought, oh, well, I'll, I better start getting good at video. So I decided to do a, you know, a video and then I would just release the audio from the video. And, but really it was the podcast was what I was mostly focused on. So I have a, both a YouTube channel and podcast and now we've built both of them up and you know I think we're in 55 countries and this you know we we did a lot of interviews the first year and a half um this year we're switching to only solo casts but it's just, it's been a fun I mean you know as as a podcaster yeah. I feel like the podcasting community is just such a cool community of people it we is. really want to help each other out it is and it's not as big as everybody thinks <clears throat> and I mean that in a good way you get to know yeah. Like in our little circle of architect, uh, designer slash pod, you know, construction podcast, it, it gets pretty tight, pretty close. And you get to know all of the people with uh, the most listened to podcasts. And then hopefully you become one of them. It's really exciting. So I really applaud you for not only, I mean, due to doing sort of the self-help stuff, I'm much the same as you in, in so many regards, it sounds like, especially with the, you know, if you're raising the, all the, raising the children, going to school, doing all these extra things. You only have so much time to, to, to do it. And a lot of us are auditory listeners. And then you turned it and you made it your own sort of thing. So that's, that's, that's great. What, uh, what is your biggest lesson so far in starting NFA money? Uh, well, it, it, from the beginning of NFA or NFA money, I just rebranded to NFA money in the last few weeks. So I'd say for, for my whole company, NFA style, yeah, since I started in, in 2019. Oh man, the biggest lesson Wow. That's, that's a, that's an, a fascinating question that I, it's funny. I haven't thought about that. Cause I always think about what are the biggest lessons? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I have learned to be present in the process and enjoy it along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I pushed really hard at first. I would just, I I'm a very goal driven person. I mean, it's kind of in the essence of my company name is being pretty high power and high drive. Mm -hmm. But one thing I really realized and been researching a lot is the art and science of manifestation and thinking about how our energy creates our reality and how our thoughts create our reality. And because I, I needed to break through a lot of those limiting beliefs, I really stepped into this place of asking myself every day, does this bring me joy? And when I'm in a place of joy, my business flows so beautifully. Like I'll get random emails from people. I don't even know where they come from who want to work with me instead of having to work so hard. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the hardest parts for newer businesses is that you got to hustle. I mean, it isn't one of those things. If you really want to make it big in business, you can't work an hour a day and think that you're going to succeed. That's not realistic. But at least from my perspective, unless you've built multiple businesses, maybe that would work or you have a massive platform built already or Mm -hmm. audience. But, you know, if you're new, I was brand new. I had no network. I had no built business skills. I never didn't know how to build a website, all those things. So it was like, I needed to work strategically and consistently, but the attitude and the mindset around it became really important for me. So it's been really fun. You know, in, in 2019, I broke six figures. And then last year during COVID in 2020, I still had business growth, but I worked way less and not nearly as 
grinding. And so I really love to help people learn how to make more money through doing things that are joy filled in their zone of genius. And that's something that I've, I've really, I, I model for the people that I get to work with. Very cool. What is the, what is your neuro freedom alignment method? Uh, great question. So it's, it's multiple methods, but really what it has to do with is that if you are aligned energetically, you're going to have no competing commitments. And so competing commitments are when your unconscious and your conscious are battling. So you could imagine it like saying, I really want a six figure business, but then you're procrastinating and hesitating every day and you don't really take action on it. You know, you have a competing commitment and we're we operate by 95% unconscious habits and drivers. So if you have those competing commitments, you're going to feel like there's an invisible force working against you at all points in time. So getting people into neural freedom alignment is when they're conscious and unconscious match and are not competing against each other. And then they can take forward action. And what happens, it, it almost feels like you have a magic wand because all of a sudden things will start, you know, some people call it flow state where mm -hmm. it's like all of a sudden things start flowing your way or you start getting opportunities that you never even even knew existed and you start getting on, you know, bigger platforms or making more money or the, the perfect rock star, you know, five-star client comes your way and just all these things start to align. And so when you're in neuro freedom alignment, you're present, you're mindful, you're conscious, you can say one thing and it happens, uh, you follow through. And so it's really the be, do, have model of of operating your life and your business where you're present and you, and you know that your energy matters so much because then you take action from that place. And then you get to have all the things you want to have. Most people operate from the exact opposite. They go, Oh, when I get successful and, and I get to that goal, then I'll be happy when I, you know, when I have a lot of money flowing and then I'll save money and it's the opposite. And most people don't know that. Yeah, that is such a good lesson. You, you, there's, you know, I, I don't know what the figure is now, but at one point it was there. You've probably seen the chart of, I think it was like ten, about ten years ago. People, if you made seventy grand on average in the United States, your happiness level it it was exponential, but then it, it plateaus at a certain level. So I always try to stress that on this podcast as well. It's like. Yeah. You, you're not happy now. If you get successful, you're not going to be, it's not going to be any happier. It, it totally. might, might be temporary. You might be able to buy a, a, you know, a new Tesla or something, but so temporary. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. I would love to learn more about that. I hope somebody else will too, who's listening to this podcast. Um, it's just, so speaking of that without, if, without giving any way, any proprietary strategies um, for manifesting profits, what are some basic strategies you can give our, you can give our audience for profit generation? Um, you know, I would say the basic strategies is always remembering I, my key number one thing that I always say to people is your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So if you don't like what you're getting on the outside, you got to look within. And I know it sounds so ridiculously simple, but again, most people look to the outside to fix what's going on in their life. Mm -hmm. And if you really, really get that your outer world is a reflection of your inner world, you've got to look within. So the number one, absolute number one habit is to, is to master yourself. And what it does it mean to master yourself daily personal growth and development. I mean, we get this one life, we get this one body, we get this one mind, this one heart, this one soul, this one mission. And to me, the, the number one thing you can do is optimize yourself. And what that means is feel good in your body, do what you love in the world, learn what makes you thrive, learn what you really get up and enjoy doing, because then every day feels like vacation. You will never have a problem with procrastination. If you do what you love every day, you will never have a problem magnetizing money your way. If you do what you love every day and you provide value to the world, you will never have a problem finding 
finding a relationship you love if you become a master of yourself because you attract who you are. And so that's, I mean, you know, there's a lot of methods to do that. And that's why I have a career is because I get to help people break that down. And so after people work with me, manifesting profits is about real clear strategic path, but it always starts with you starting to master yourself. So you you guys aren't, you're not necessarily, sorry to interrupt, you're not necessarily looking at spreadsheets with everybody. It's more about starting at a ground level, if I'm understanding it right. Absolutely. We do both. Absolutely. But it always starts from within first. You know, you can't, it's the same thing as the, as you know, when you go B, you have like, oh, there's, you could set a goal and I could powerhouse push to, to meet the goal in the spreadsheet, but you're not necessarily going to feel good when you get there. And then who cares about accomplishing the goal? Mm -hmm. And so it's always starting with you first. And then it's really fun to watch people play in their business instead of like, it's weird to say, but a lot of entrepreneurs create prisons for themselves. Yeah. It's like another job that then, and you don't even have the security then of a paycheck or benefits necessarily. Mm. So like, why would you do that to yourself? And so I really love to help people create a business they love and a life they love and the freedom they love. And it always starts from within. And then we do, of course we look at, you know, we'll do different business strategy and I have like really fun marketing methods to help people attract clients their way. But you can't be an attractor magnet if you are energetically hating what you do. <laughs> so we always, yeah, that's where we always start. If, if somebody was listening to this and they said, okay, I, I want to just, I would like to start on myself yeah. tomorrow. They wake up. Do you have like a, a method, something you would recommend they do? Just do this in the morning, try it for 21 days. You know, one of those sort of things. Yeah, sure. I I have lots of things that they could do. First, I would say do personal growth and development every day, Uh, whether that's a book, like an hour of personal growth and development a day, listen to podcasts, read books, journal, meditate, you know, like do things to start to master yourself. And, you know, there's a million amazing books, but, but very specifically focused on, on you. I have a masterclass. It's called NFA money masterclass. They could start there. Um, like teaches you about competing commitments and the money mistakes that entrepreneurs make and how we get stuck. You want to start anytime that you don't get what you say you want. You want to start looking at like, what are my unconscious beliefs about this? What would I have to believe for this to be true? Because there's something going on. Like I can, I can spend an hour with someone and know 50 things about what their beliefs are based on what they say and do and how they act and what the the outcomes they're getting because your outer world is a concrete reflection of your inner world. And so you've got to start to be the detective of yourself. So that would be the first place I would say. And obviously there's never a one size fits all, um, Mm -hmm things show up differently for people. But I can say the one size fits all is that we have competing commitments. It's why, you know, this term, I just kept seeing it over and over and over. I went, oh, like you've got some really serious unconscious blocks going on. And no wonder you feel like you're stuck because Mm -hmm. you don't get that you're stuck because it's unconscious. And so the way to start shifting that is to start to work on yourself journaling. I mean, the, the simplest ones that I would say everybody here listening could do that would be a daily habit that you could really spend half an hour a week. You could read for 15 minutes, you could meditate for five minutes and you could journal for for 10 minutes. And that would start to help you unlock some of the the lack of clarity you have about what your patterns, your unconscious patterns are. Perfect, that was perfect. That That's kind of what I was looking for. Journaling yeah. though, to, to me, that's an intimidating word because I'm like, oh, I, now I have to write down <laughs> But what does it mean to you? Like, what are, what are the versions of that? 
Uh, you know, for, for those listening, the easiest one that I start people with, if you're not a person who journals and you kind of have a negative charge about it, a lot of people are like, really? I've got mm-hmm. a journal. Yuck. <laughs> and then they'll come back to me about a month later. and be like, oh, wow, it's a really powerful practice. Just start. It, you could literally start a five minute habit by asking yourself every day, what's working, what's not. What and the what's working, add more of that. What's not working, drop or delegate, drop, automate, delegate. Right. And so, if you just do those things and you write for five minutes, after 30 days of doing that, you'll see some patterns. You'll start to go, like, huh, I feel really good when I do this every day. And I feel really crappy when I do this. And then you start to see, like, what can I shift? Because we are all of our results are based on our energy. So, if you start to shift in the direction of joy and fun and playfulness and enjoyment, you're going to, you're going to bring more of that to you because what you focus on expands. And if you drop the things that you're not enjoying or you delegate those things to people who do enjoy, it, then you start to get to play in the field of your zone of genius, which is where you get to do the things you love all the time. And then everything changes, but you're not going to know how to do those things unless you have self-reflective practice, which is part of what journaling does. Yeah, sure. You have some great terms. Uh, <laughs> zone of what was what was that? zone of genius. I love that. Yes, I and that, that one. That anyone listening, if you want to drop a book in here, oh, so good. One of my all-time favorite books is by Gay Hendricks, and he's the one who coined the term zone of genius, and it is um, the big leap. So he talks a lot about the upper limit problem. And I, I use this as competing commitments because it's really what he's talking about is the upper limit problem where we're about to break through into a lot of us live in a zone of excellence. We're like, we're pretty good at what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be in your comfort zone, which is like, you, you're, you're good at it. I'd say this is similar to zone of excellence. You're good at it. And, and you somewhat enjoy it, but you feel like there's a little bit missing mm. potentially, but you stay there because it's comfortable. Zone of genius is where you're like on fire. You love, love, love it so much that you can't wait to do it every single day. And you attract things your way really easily because you're, it's such a high vibe flow state and you're just loving what you do. Most people don't live there. And that's why I love to help people get there because it's like, it does feel like you have a magic wand. You just, it's like you're pinching yourself where you're like, wow, I didn't know that life could be, could feel so good. And I think we all want to feel good. Oh yeah. I think what you're describing for it. So there's a lot of architects that listen to this podcast and for all you architects that are listening right now, what she's describing is I think a place you want to get to if you're trying to do what I, what I like to term rockstar architecture. If you are trying to be that person that is attracting the elite of the elite type of clients where it, it, you know, you're only doing maybe four houses a year because you can charge what you want and you have a lot of design and creativity freedom with that. Um, so zone of genius. Yeah. I, I think that's fantastic. Anybody who's listening, who's a creative person, I, I would think that would appeal to you a hundred percent. Um, are you still giving the same kind of advice to entrepreneurs as you were before COVID or have things changed? You know, that's a really great question. It's interesting because I have, I don't know what exactly told me to shift my business to completely online before COVID happened. Somehow like three months before COVID, I, I stopped do, working with people in person. I don't, I, you know, obviously I didn't know COVID was coming, but I just had this intuition like, oh, you need to shift everything online. And I shift everything online. And so I tend to attract people who work online. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it hasn't changed a lot. And it, 
you know, what, what I share with people other than, you know, of course we've had people, I work with some real estate investors and, and their businesses have changed, but overall, I would say it's more about finding the right people and being adaptable in business and diversifying and creating multiple streams of income, which I would always advocate for mm -hmm. anyway, because we can't predict the future. Right. And so I think it's always important to be looking to what's next and looking to branching out and looking to add additional layers to your business and, and things like that. You know, not getting to where you have shiny object syndrome and you're completely scattered, but under the umbrella of what you love to do, how can you create multiple streams of income? You know, in the, in the ultimate, we're building our, our passive streams of income through doing a lot of different types of things that we love. So... I don't know if it'd be COVID specific because it's something they advocate for anyways, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And I definitely have seen brick and mortar businesses change quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You were ahead of the curve. That's fantastic. I wish I could, I don't want to say you, you had the law of attraction on your side or anything, but like, is there another term that I'm missing that you know of that you could kind of pat yourself on the back here and say like, well, because I was in the right <laughs> mindset, the universe, yeah. the universe sort of clued me in on that. You know, I, I'm glad. I, I don't know how where your audience is in terms of those conversations. So I was, I was you know, seeing what you would say. <laughs> um, I definitely believe in. You know, it's like a lot of my work is out of Carl Jung, and he talks about the collective consciousness yep. and how you can get certain messages. And clearly, it happened for me because I just a few months before I thought, oh, I got to really pivot to all online, and so I already knew Zoom, and I already knew breakout rooms, and I knew all these things that hadn't really um, just you know weren't as use useful for, uh, I mean, there are a lot of coaches that have lived in that world before, but yeah, I, I do believe that we can tap into knowledge. It, this is why meditation is so fun and powerful. And I really got into meditating in 2020 and I learned the power of how you can get information from collective consciousness. If you are receptive to it and open to it and and empty mind in some ways, you know, it's like, you've got to slow down enough to get yep. so present that yep. you can then tap into the collective consciousness and the collective consciousness knows and, and has all the answers. It's, you know, I do a lot of cool, uh, you know, my podcast and YouTube channel is money mindset, marketing and manifestation tips for entrepreneurs to help them increase their money flow. And so manifestation is one of those things that I research a lot and play with a lot and have gotten better and better at. And I, I do think that that was one of those, that was a result of that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big believer in what you're talking about. It's amazing where you'll find the fingerprints. That's the way I like to describe it, where you'll cool. find the fingerprints when you are present. And it can be, and it, it can be, it, it doesn't, for me, when, I, when I'm meditating, it's not about me sitting down and, you know, crossing my legs or anything. It's, it's, it's purely, it could be fishing, it could be walking, it could be laying on the couch. Um, but there's, you got to train. Now I had to, I had to do, I can't remember what app I would use using for about a year to kind of train myself to do it. Um, but once you're there, the, once you find, when you're able to find those fingerprints, it also, I think gives you a good clue on, am I on the right path in life? And then it sort of reinforces, even if you're in a bad place, like, well, I'm supposed to be here and there's a lesson here, or there's some information that I'm supposed to get from this. I don't know if you agree with that. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Yes. 100%. I love okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Our, yeah. our, our audience is pretty varied and wide. So I think, um, you know, they're pretty intelligent. They're very intelligent folks. And so um, I don't, I don't think us talking about the woo woo, the, you know, yeah. the term I like to use is, is out of the realm at all. Yeah. Um, tell us about Dr. Uh, Demartini's work and how he and it have inspired you. Uh, 
what a what a wonderful human who will forever be on my you know top 10 list of all-time greatest mentors um he actually so remember when i was telling you that podcasting led me to being in this relationship course and in that course this person had used some of demartini's work and so i was on this facebook group for that course and a and a demartini ad popped up and i'm not a i'm not big in social media i'm on there now because of my business but before mm-hmm. i was never like a group person and so i was it was just it was one of these things law of attraction and i think i believe and so it was perfect time perfect place so his his thing popped up and he had a 35 dollar workshop and at the time i was on food stamps i was like oh i can spend 35 dollars to go see him because I've heard some great things. So I went to this lecture and I took 20 pages of notes. I have them in my, on my shelves back here. I mean, wow. it was like life altering. I, I, everything he was talking about was just like, oh, wow, this is, I've never heard anything like this. And I was just writing, writing, writing. And at the end of it, he promotes his breakthrough experience, which is $2,000 mm. somewhere around there. And at the time I was like, that was more than 10% of my annual income. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. How am I going to get to this? Because I am called to be there. I just have to be there. And I remembered, you know, and I asked for a scholarship. They're like, nope, you'll figure it out. And I was like, oh, I I had two days to come up with the money. And I went home and I was, I racked my brain and I sold some things. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I remember that I had a, um, I had a loan for, I was still in school and I had a loan for a computer I had never taken out. And I called and it was $2,000. The loan was $2,000. And I was like, so cool. So I went to that. And from there on, my life has never been the same. I have every certification he offers. I've taken, I mean, I have his whole library and I've listened to it multiple times. And I got to interview him in person, you know, for my YouTube videos. And, and he is, I mean, his work is life altering and it's changed my life immensely and it's in everything that I do. So, you know, he's really, he wouldn't call it this, but it's really shadow work, same based out of Jungian and he's a polymath. So he studies a lot of different ologies and then synthesizes them and brings them into his method, which is called the Demartini method. And so I know how to do that. And, but I would say his values work. So values determination process, which is what I help people do is helping them step into their zone of genius. So when we, we demonstrate our life by our values and we're not talking values like integrity and honesty, we're talking like highest priority G I call them genius juice values. And it's the thing that helps you tap into your zone of genius. And so helping people get to that and understand what it is that makes them thrive is the greatest tool you can give somebody. Because Mm -hmm. like I said, then you don't procrastinate. You don't hesitate. Money flows your way. You feel good. You feel inspired. I mean, it's just like, to me, it's one, it's the tool of a million uses. So his, his work is really cool. Very cool. Uh, one other thing I noticed when I was kind of look, t- taking a look at your bio and everything was um, your, your academic background. Um, c- can you talk a little bit about how you see the world through a gender scholar lens? Oh, yeah. These are great. These are fun questions. You really did do your work. <laughs> um, you know, I spent years, I mean, I was in grad school for seven years. So in our program, we had three years of coursework. We taught, we did research all time. It was a very rigorous program. And so in those years, I got to teach uh, a couple thousand students on gender and, you know, sex, gendered society and gender and crime. And my dissertation research ended up being with incarcerated men doing life history interviews. And a lot of that work had to do with flipping the script of putting men 
understanding men in the position of victims instead of perpetrators. Mm. And so it really shaped my thinking about men. I had a lot of negative. Do you have any any preconceived notions that were kind of flipped on their head because of that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was definitely someone who thought men are violent and these men are bad. And, and I, I, I was stuck in that way of thinking, you know, I had like a history of trauma with men specifically. And so it was like, there was, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. And then I got to hang out with, I, I interviewed 40 men and spent on average four hours with each of them interviewing them. Wow, It was life altering. And it taught me that men are victimized just like women and that it's a cycle of violence that perpetuates. And that, I mean, it, it blew my mind and changed my whole world. And it was really interesting because when I started my coaching business, uh, I had, I attracted way more men than women. And I think part of it was that I understand the shame, the fear, the doubt of men much better than I did before. And I have this softness and sensitivity to what men experience in terms of some of the, the, the normative expectations that society holds for men versus women. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, so, so see my PhD is in sociology and it's all about macro systems of marginalization, oppression, inequality, those types of things. And so, the thing that coaching and Demartini has helped me is to expand it all out and understand that, that everybody is all sides, right? Like there is no such thing as a black and white man or a black and white woman in terms of the way that they show up in the world. We all have all parts. And then you add that layer of, you know, now my new spirituality, let's say, I really just think we're all one. And so it's how we perceive things that really matters. And, and so, yeah, that, that work has been, that work was life altering. Amazing. That's, that's an amazing little, that's an amazing anecdote anecdote. So I'm really glad I actually asked that question. You so what you just described, have you ever watched the movie, the red pill then you it reminded me of that movie. The red pill. Yeah. So, no. so um, I, I just pulled it up on the other screen here while I'm talking to you. So it, it, the red pill chronicles filmmaker, Cassie J's journey following the mysterious and polarizing men's rights movement. So she mm. was a, she was a fourth wave feminist. And nice. she, she was going into looking at men from sort of that same kind of lens of, oh, I see them as all the things you, you just described. And then it came out like, oh, my God, my, my work, this is not the reality of the situation. So if you've ever, yeah. I, would, I would, anybody who's listening, including yourself, you want to check it out. That's a, it's totally. such a great film. I think it might resonate because you, you have your experience with it. Yeah, sounds um, like it. So, uh, okay, one last question here. Uh, we're coming up on a half hour. This has been fantastic. I'm so glad. Um, you linked in with me on LinkedIn and now here we are and we're neighbors basically. So I know I yeah. can't wait to get to hang out with you. Yes. Awesome. There you go. It's been great to be here. Um, one question I ask everybody at the end of this is knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time when you first started your businesses and what you're doing, what advice would you give yourself? Hmm. Great question. Slow down to speed up. Mm. enjoy the process like know that you'll get there it's patience you know it's like this idea of being patience being patient like we I think especially as high drive people we tend to see the end goal and want to get there as fast as possible and then we get there and usually set something again that's just as high of a goal to accomplish and so then a lot of people end up never really enjoying the moment and so it's like slow down 
enjoy the moment and know that this is a journey and know that it's an, this is your life energy that you're putting out into the world. So enjoy the process more. Um, I think that that's something I've really learned since the beginning. It was always like, I, it was like, I was on a, I was on a sprint to get there and, and yeah, it's, I've accomplished a lot because of that. And also I'm learning to just, just really savor the moments. And, and that's when you really get to have a lot of insight and perspective and, and attraction, like attracting things to you with your energy versus having to work so hard. I think it's yeah. been one of the biggest lessons I've learned for myself and the people that I've gotten to work with. What a great lesson. Uh, Dr. Amanda, this has been fantastic. Where can people find and follow you and get in touch with you if they'd like to like to reach out? Yeah, go to nfamoney.com. So NFA is no fucking around. So type in nfamoney.com. And then I have a free masterclass. Um, it's nfamoneymasterclass.com. Go there and that'll give you a webinar. Of course, it leads you to a, a consult with me if you want that. I love, love, love talking to people about what's going on for them in their business and with their money. I mean, I have people like I'm 45 minutes, they'll have a breakthrough that changes their whole reality. So I really love doing that. So that's, um, that masterclass is a really valuable, just short session of, of kind of seeing what I do and how I work and how I think and all those kind of things. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.